0: Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson. A, 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 author, Matthew Matthew Dickerson. Tech 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 Talk. Tech 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 Talk. Sit back and relax. It's time to talk technology. Welcome punters to another jam-packed episode of Tech Talk. With our doyen of the digital age, Mr. Matthew Dickerson. G'day, Matt. How are you going?
1: Yeah, great, James. I'm really looking forward to this week. They're getting better and better these stories each oh, week.
0: I love them. I love them absolutely. Now you've got some great topics for us today. Um, we're diving deep into concrete batteries. Uh, a guy's gone to prison after posting photos of a block of cheese, and apparently you can buy a big screen now that rolls up like a newspaper. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. Let's kick off with a story to really turn some heads. I loved seeing this this week, uh, Matt. I, I believe I saw the president writing his new. EV truck with his Top Gun sunnies on and his elbow resting out the driver's side window. This is getting exciting, isn't it? Ford's released their truck.
1: This is, and we we did talk about it a couple of weeks ago, James, that the F-150 was coming and I thought there was a bit of hope there that might be a game changer for EVs. Sure, Tesla has really changed the game overall, but in America, we talked about it before, the number one selling truck and the number one selling vehicle for the last 40 years is the F-150 because Americans love their trucks and good luck to them. And I
0: just reckon this story is going to get those rednecks from the deep south It's going to make their heads explode, but it's great. It's fantastic. (laughs) Shaking the tree.
1: And that that is exactly the point. Uh, We said it before that they had to come out with a truck that had specs that were really going to blow their old F-150s away, and they've done that. So they have now got... F-150s, EV, that to me, I just, I can't see some of those, as you politely put them, some of those lovely redneck people, (laughs) taking... Their old petrol engine and going, you know what? This is a better truck than that silly EV thing because these EVs are fantastic. The acceleration of them, the power, yeah, the towing capacity power of
0: these things is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some of the specs and and they've kept the price down as well, which is fantastic. And some states in America are giving up to seven and a half thousand dollars. So their base model is US forty grand, which is about the same, maybe a fraction dearer than the base model F one fifty petrol version, but $7,500 as a rebate back for buying an EV, suddenly you're saying, wow, this, wow. this is cheaper yeah. than the ticket price for a normal one, and plus the running costs and all the excitement about the acceleration. But let's talk about the acceleration for a minute. We're talking zero to 100 in four and a half seconds. Now that's that's supercar sort of territory. <laughs> that's right.
0: that's what you used to pay for if you had yourself a supercar. That's
1: right. You are going to go and buy your Ferrari, your Lamborghini. You could get under four seconds. That was really a supercar. This thing's I mean, this a truck, big
0: blocky pickup truck.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that, that's pretty exciting, I, I think, for people. And then you start to talk about the torque, the highest amount of torque ever on an EV is in the F one fifty EV. 1,051 newton metres of torque. That blows yeah, well, everything else out of yeah. the water. They've got two models of it. They've got a 110 kilowatt hour battery and a 150 kilowatt hour battery. They've got three 18 kilowatts and four twenty kilowatts. So that's part of the, the, the whole parcel there. But the torque, all that torque there gives you some good towing and carrying capacity. Almost a tonne you can put in the back of it, so 900 kilograms. And then you can tow about four and a half tonnes. So you want to so, hook up your boat or your work trail or whatever it might be. You're going to be able to do that.
0: This is blowing the petrol-driven cows out of the- like trucks out of the water. It's just, yeah, no competition anymore.
1: I, I don't think so. And then you start to get the other advantages of having a big mother battery as part of the vehicle. It's got power points everywhere. So in the frunk, and I think Tesla kind of came up with the, the, the term. The frunk. The frunk, yeah, the front <laughs> trunk. So in the front, in this one, they're calling this one a mega power frunk, not just a normal frunk. It's got the capacity to throw 180 kilograms of weight in there, 400 liters capacity, but it's also got a bunch of... PowerPoints in there. So you go out to a building site, for example, you want to charge up some of your tools or actually just run some of your power tools directly. You just plug into the PowerPoint in your front. Oh, wait up, there's PowerPoints in the back tray as well. Yeah, right, so okay. again, you've got this big battery. You've got PowerPoints with that big battery. Plug in your microwave. You'll see trays out on site now having their sandwich maker or their microwave or their kettle, along with their power tools being plugged into all these PowerPoints across the whole vehicle.
0: So hang on, this frunk now exists because we just don't have a big V8 engine in there anymore and so yeah there's just all this space that they otherwise go to waste
1: that's right they're four wheel drive so you have got the actual electric engines or electric motors yeah, yeah, yeah. on the front wheels and the back wheels, but they're basically down at the axle height. So exactly as you say, you don't need a big thumping engine in the front of it. So oh, what do you do with all this space? Ah. And you could change the shape of it and make it more like the old combi style where your feet are sitting three millimeters away from the front of the vehicle, but that's a bit dangerous in terms of frontal yeah, collisions. I can't
0: see that happening. Maybe it will, but I can't see it. Yeah. So
1: they. I think they're keeping the shape the same where you've got a traditional bonnet, but That makes it safer. But what do we do with all this space? Well, the frunk is the obvious thing, put all that storage space. And we've had cars, petrol engine cars like the Porsche used to have that, the VW, the little Beetle used to have that as well, where you'd have the engine in the back and a bit of space up the front. But now you don't have to sacrifice the boot space with an engine. You've got the boot still and you've got the frunk. And I actually find in the EVs that I drive, not only do I have the boot space, but you've got some space under the boot. Because there's no petrol tank. So you've got all this extra space there. So they've got the mega power front, which I think is fantastic. They've got USB ports everywhere as well, plug in your phone, that type of thing. So again, I just, I think you'll find once you get to the point where people look at this and they say, well what am I missing how am I how am I missing out on this the range maybe what am I
0: holding on to perhaps you know with the old models here yeah. I,
1: I think it's spot on what are you holding on to it's you, you, you tend to get the stage I think where you'll be holding on for the sake of holding on maybe but the range maybe if you've got to complain about something 370 kilometer range in the smaller battery 480 kilometer range. Again, if you think of a trader or even someone going out on weekends, you you might drive out to a, a farm or out to the river somewhere. You're probably not going to do a thousand kilometre round trip to go fishing for the weekend. You spend too much time driving. You might complain about that range. They've got fast charging. There's a whole different range of different ways to charge it, as with all EVs. But the the thing that's probably unknown that is, you go and hook up a big four and a half ton trailer, throw 900 kilograms in the in the back of it, and then drive. You're probably going to soak up that range a bit quicker than normal. Yeah. But they've also got a nice little bit of innovation there where it's constantly monitoring how much load you've got, the, the sort of gradient you're going up, a big hill going up over the Blue Mountains, for example. It'll constantly monitor that and it'll tell you the real world range based on how you're driving, the gradient of where you're driving and what you're towing. So you're not going to be left somewhere high and dry going, can I have a PowerPoint, please?
0: <laughs> well, I think, and, and this is the start, isn't it? This is where um, the, the trucks really are starting at. Um, I think it's only going to go upwards from here, yeah? There.
1: Let me just throw in one more thing just to, to really oh, yeah, impress yeah. those guys down south. If you have <laughs> a blackout at home, you can plug this vehicle in to your house and forward estimate that with the larger battery pack, you can power your house for at least three days. So you have a blackout, what? you have a, a nice little tornado go through down south, yeah, like happened right. with Katrina, for example. There's Plug your emergency this in.
0: generator right there. Exactly
1: right. So again, you've got all this flexibility with this power source there, sitting there nice as a mate. mobile power source. So bring it on, I say.
0: Here comes the future, folks. Um, don't get left behind. All right, now here's, this next story is an interesting concept. Uh, we've got a TV that's the price of a luxury car, uh, but it's the size of your run-of-the-mill normal big screen TV, but it's designed to roll up like a yoga mat. If this isn't the biggest data symbol of 2021, I don't know what is.
1: How many have you ordered so far, James? I've actually
0: got four. Um, the, yeah, one, yeah, one for the lounge room, one for the back room, one, and a couple for the bedrooms upstairs. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And
1: they're only small, so you could have a couple in the bedroom. So you and your wife <laughs> could lay there in bed and, and watch different TVs. Why not? So it is a rollable TV. And I do remember seeing this at the Las Vegas Consumer Electronics Show a few years ago. And I thought, as LG sometimes do, cool, pretty innovative. They're showing off. Good luck to them. But it'll never see the but, light yeah, of is, day. It,
0: is it really something that is marketable? Well, do it's you, on the way.
1: Do you really need to not have that TV sitting on the wall that might be 30 or 40 millimetres thick? Do you really need to roll it up? Yeah. <laughs> but
0: apparently you do. Well, I guess, I guess you can place it in front of a window then and the, you've still got the access to the window. But, um, yeah.
1: I think that's spot on. I think you can put it in front of that beautiful... million view that you might have across the harbour and not have it blocked by the TV. You can roll up and be out of the way, and then you hit the remote control and out it rolls. I do have a complaint though, James. I mean, for $130,000, I'd expect it to be bigger than 65 inch. It's only 65 inch. I mean, I like the 85 inch hanging on my wall. I don't want to go back (laughs) to a little 60. Otherwise, I'd order one. That's right. I'd order one straight away, except the 65 inch. They also are offering free delivery for your hundred and thirty thousand oh, dollars. So uh, that's right. well, very generous. That yeah, yeah, very yeah, generous of them. I yeah, I thought so. I'd actually want the guy to stay there and, and change channels change channels for me. <laughs> I mean installation shouldn't be much, should it? You sit it on a desk and go, yeah, right, There okay. you go, done. Take care of <laughs> it from there. But I want the guy to sit beside me and change channels for me or tell me what to view for $130. Grand. Yeah. I, I think that's anyway, look, they've got a market for this. They said they expect in Australia to sell about Six of these. That's it. Total market. You've ordered your four, so there's only yeah, two left out there. Okay, Get on well, quick, folks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get online and order them. Oh, wow. So well, it's the way of the future, isn't it? The roll-up TV. And
1: as happened so often happens with this sort of thing. We we laugh about it now. How ridiculous. Who would pay $130,000? And then we'll blink, and before we know it, you'll be walking into your favourite white goods retailer, and they'll be sitting on the shelf for a couple of grand. Yeah. And I remember some of the first big-screen past plasma some of the ones that came out LCD and then OLED some of those were 20, 30 grand and, and they were only say 50 inch and everyone went wow what a big TV and now oh, you, you're struggling to get something smaller than 50 inch so it, it does change technology does move pretty quickly
0: well I guess when the burglars uh, break into your house they'll be looking for where the TV is and they won't be able to find it because well, all you got is this big a good box point. in the corner <laughs> yeah. stop yeah. wasting your time with that box there come and find the TV <laughs> will you I can't find their big screen all right, now, one for the chemistry boffins out there. Uh, as civil engineering goes uh, a little higher tech, in Sweden they're trying to design s- skyscrapers that are going to double as enormous rechargeable batteries.
1: Yeah. Now, one of the things that's interesting in, in the whole climate we're living in with, with greenhouse gases being produced, we all recognise transportation as a big producer of greenhouse gases, and we see that pretty obviously when we see a, a diesel cargo go us and spew out the fumes out the back and we cough and choke as we walk past. But buildings are actually using more than or producing yeah. more greenhouse gases than cars.
0: Con- yeah, concrete's a big CO2.
1: Concrete Freedom. is one, but yeah. just the power to run buildings with oh, okay. air conditioning, with lights, all the rest of it, that, that's, a, that's a big consumer. So overall, all the greenhouse gases that are produced across the world, about 29% is produced by transportation. That's all transportation. But 33% is in really keeping our buildings yeah, running. Wow. Okay. So it is pretty significant. So if we can work out solutions to get there and reduce that, that's going to be important. And one of the things that I think we'll see is a change in building materials. Now, we have talked before about glass on the side of buildings being used as glass as well as PV cells, photovoltaic cells, so you can produce electricity from the glass that actually is used for people to have on the side of buildings. So that's great. We've seen roof structures that are made from PV cells as well. But this one now, putting batteries in as part of your solution makes sense. But it's expensive to put batteries in. And how many batteries do you need? How big are they?
0: And that's going to take up space. Take
1: up space, that's right. And and probably you'd put that way down in the basement. You wouldn't want to pull that weight up high in a skyscraper, for example. So you put that down in the basement. That might be valuable car parking spaces. But what about this concept of actually building the battery into the concrete that's used to build the building? I I think
0: this is amazing, yeah.
1: Absolutely amazing. So it's quite clever in, in what they're doing. Probably the big thing at the moment is... The actual density, the battery density, if you like, or the charge density of the actual cement itself. So if you look at lithium-ion batteries, they start at about 250 watt-hours per cubic metre of battery. And obviously some of the, the cars we are seeing now getting even better than that. But that's a, a base sort of level, if you like. The, the initial concrete they've got so far is about 0.8 watt-hours per cubic meter of concrete. Right, so that's so,
0: pretty low. yeah. Long way down.
1: But this is obviously where the research is going. They're saying, well, it's at 0.8 today. We've just come up with this concept. It'll be at one and two soon and then 10 and then 20 and hopefully keep going up. So I did the calculations. On a 10-story building, if they can just get to 20 watt-hours per cubic meter of concrete, not a huge increase and still well below lithium-ion batteries, a 10-story building with some PV cells on its roof and on, on one face, you could actually produce about 30% of all its energy needs and store 16% of its energy needs for overnight usage. So the uh, the idea there is that rather than produce renewable power somewhere else and then get it transported that and you'll typically lose about 13% of your power in transmission, this way we'll be able to have a reasonable chunk of that power at the actual source, at the building itself. So that's pretty exciting, but that's with today's technology, today's efficiencies, today's numbers, 30% and 16%. Give it five years, maybe 10 years. I don't think it's dreaming completely to say that that building could produce all of its own power and store on the building, in the building, yeah, somehow, wow. somewhere, enough to keep it going overnight as well. And it's
0: actually stored in the concrete. So they're, they're modifying the concrete to... What, what are they putting in the concrete?
1: Yeah, so what you've got in the concrete is you, you've got carbon fibres that are added to the cement mixture, and then they embed the mixture with some metal-coated carbon-fire mesh, and it uses iron as the anode and nickel as the oh, cathode. Right, okay, yeah. So it's, it's actually component. So it's not just, oh, let's stick something in the concrete, like a battery inside the concrete, encased in it. They've actually put that as part of the overall mix of the concrete yeah, itself. Wow. Now, they've got some minor issues there. They want to make sure that that doesn't decay over years. so well, that, the battery that would might- be the worry, wouldn't it? Because,
0: yeah. yeah. Once the battery dies, you've just got a lump of concrete again.
1: Exactly right. So if the, if the life of that is only 10 years, for example, then you go, great, well, what do we do? Pull down the skyscraper because the battery's worn yeah. out. So that's these are the challenges they're working through at the moment. But again, I talk about it constantly, the human ingenuity, coming up with these ideas and then... Refining them, getting them better all the time—it's yeah. very exciting to, you know, I do love talking about this stuff because it is so exciting seeing what people
0: come up with. <laughs> and yeah, it'll be interesting to to listen over the conversations we have today in another five or ten years as well, just to see how far we've come and what really caught on.
1: Well, I've I've listened once from we did two weeks ago, James, and I go, wow, that's that's changed so quickly <laughs> changed from there. So quickly. What were we talking about? How old-fashioned that was. <laughs>
0: let alone watching the old uh, towards two thousand and beyond two thousand <laughs> episodes, but uh, that's another story. We'll deal with that another time. I love this next story. It's got some real human interest here. It seems that the seedy underworld of drug running, dairy products and Facebook, they're all a bad mix for a long and profitable criminal career. Is that right?
1: Well, I try not to to look at a long and profitable criminal career too much, but you are right. We talk about... Don't share too much information on social media. For example, one of your kids gets a driver's license. They might take a photo of their smiling happy face and hold up their driver's license. Terrible idea because someone immediately has a photo of that person and their date of birth, their full name, address, all the rest of it. So things like that, which is pretty exciting for a kid to get their driver's license, but don't go and share that sort of stuff. Now, this particular crim didn't think he was doing too much. I don't know why, but he took a photo of a block of cheese. I have no idea. He might have been sharing that with a friend or saying, please there to be taking
0: this. a photo of And these days? Millennials, you know, they'll take a photo of anything. You may
1: be spot on, actually. So it <laughs> may be absolutely ridiculous, whatever reason. But he held it in his hand, as you would do, took a photo of it, and that was it. Posted on social media. Happy days. End of the story. Except there happened to be a little drug raid. And we're talking over in the, the Merseyside Police over in the UK. They had, happened to do a drug raid. And when they found some drugs, they didn't find the individuals they were looking for, but they had fingerprints over these drugs. They dusted them. They weren't in the police database. But they were suspicious of one particular person. They thought he was a bit of a mastermind behind this drug ring. Goodness me. Bit of a scout of his social media sites. Next thing you know, they found a photo of his hand holding a piece of cheese. It was a good enough quality photo. They could lift the fingerprints from the photo. <laughs> oh, that's
0: fantastic. <laughs> Bad luck, mate. This just isn't your day. Not your day at all.
1: So from that, that was enough to link together that individual they could go and do his fingerprints properly oh look at that your fingerprint are all over these drugs have a nice time we'll pay for your accommodation for the next 13 years yeah, wow. you just can't leave the accommodation I'm sorry about that so this is the the sort of I suppose two parts of it here don't share too much is one of the lessons from this but also you know, don't be a drug dealer probably is another part of the advice here today
0: yeah, that's probably the safest advice but but the thing that i put taken out of this if i'm going to commit a, um, myself to a lifetime of crime um, probably steer clear of dairy while there is a camera about you know? Well, maybe that's yeah. that's good
1: advice james <laughs> Yeah, you
0: know, i can't imagine sleeping in a submarine is an easy enterprise in fact i take my hat off to anyone who's a submariner um, just living in that sort of lifestyle uh, cramp conditions aside with no daylight, no diurnal cycles, someone's circadian rhythms are likely to get a bit messed up for a submariner. Submar- how do you stop your entire crew of sub- uh, submariners, that's an easy word for me to say, how do you stop your entire crew from being tired and grumpy all the time?
1: Well, I'm not sure you can. I think they probably are tired and grumpy most of the time and they are underwater, for, especially nuclear subs, underwater for a long period of time. But there's just been a study that's been completed and they used the USS Vermont to do this study where they actually had them wearing different glasses. Now, they look pretty ugly. I looked at the photos of them, but I don't think they were too worried about that. (laughs) What they were trying to do was play with their different light that was coming in, what they were absorbing, to try and trick the body into thinking that it was getting towards night time, time to go to sleep, or in the morning getting up and using different coloured glasses. So as they were getting towards oh, wow. their bedtime, whatever their bedtime might have been, it didn't matter, it's, it's all artificial lighting it's all, in its, submarine, it's all programmed All programmed, that's right. So they, they would say at their night time, they'd put on glasses that would effectively block out some of the blue light coming in, get their body used to the idea that they're getting ready for sleep. They'd go to sleep as normal, take off the glasses. And then in the morning, they put on different glasses that would try to give them that impression that it was now sunshine. It was now bright and shiny oh, and everything yeah. was coming in. So- and and they surveyed this and they had some placebos in there and they had the, the glasses that were, were doing the, the tricks with the light coming through. And the group that were using the different light or the different sunglasses to let in different light certainly came out of that survey with a much greater appreciation of their level of awakeness, their alertness, which is probably something you want to be on a nuclear sub. You want to be fairly alert, I would think.
0: Yeah, you'd hope that though. Know, people with their finger on important buttons are, um, yeah. are, are, are at least with us That's at right. the
1: time. And, and again, they had a range of tests for them to do, just some little tests on, a, on an iPad-type device just to test some of those levels of alertness. And the ones that were wearing the real glasses came out much better out of that. The important thing at the end of the study was when the company doing the study said, right, I will have our glasses back things, they said, actually, can we keep them? So they've actually kept them now, and they're using them on an <laughs> ongoing basis. And I'm sure they'll modify and refine and then roll these out across a range of different submarines and, and different occupations. So you start to think then about nurses that might work 24-hour or, or work on a 24-hour on a shift cycle, or you, you have a whole range of different occupations that might work at night during the day they're trying to sleep these glasses I think have got applications in a whole range of areas again very early days but a bit of hope there for people who do work night shifts
0: yeah goodness me. Yeah, applications all over the place I guess A sage <laughs> advice there I think um, is to uh, get a good night's sleep here's some more from the um, tech scamming department a couple of weeks ago you taught me about fleece wear I-, I knew about fishing already but now I've got to be out on the lookout for wait for it folks smishing um, I swear, cybercrimes unit, uh, they're full of clever little nine year olds uh, walking around making up names for these stuff. But smishing, smishing is, a thing.
1: is the latest one. And it is, it's a bit sad that we've got to keep coming up with these different names for the different scams that are happening out there. But smishing, it's a portmanteau of phishing that you're familiar with and SMS, hence the name smishing. <laughs> and, and here, the idea is that people are more trustworthy of a text message than they are of an email we've, we've got to the point where we have kind of learned that you get these emails come in
0: yeah you don't recognize the sender don't even worry about
1: yeah it. that's right and, and you, you're awake up to them and the big difference here is that i could send you a letter and say that i'm someone important and you need to send me some money or whatever it might be but it's not a good hit rate for me because it's going to cost me say a dollar every letter i send I don't know that I'm going to get a good return on my money. Sending emails are free, so I can send millions of emails, tens of millions of emails around the world, and I don't need a very big hit rate to make some good money out of that. SMS messages are a little bit different. There's usually a cost associated with them when you start doing bulk SMSs. So we've usually been safe from SMSs, but companies have worked out ways to either get very cheap or get a bit of a return on that. So they're now sending out SMS messages, and that's the one where we go, oh, we think it's legitimate because... We haven't seen scams come through with SMS messages yet, but they're they're happening now. They're
0: there, folks, and they're ready for you. So tell me more about this. Yeah,
1: so the, the, the big one, I suppose, that we've seen a lot of is with the tax office. It's coming up towards tax time. We have talked about that before. But the tax office sending out information and then putting a link in an SMS to say... You need to verify your details. You need to come in and just make sure everything's right. Oh, we've got that tax return for you, sir. Please verify your details so we can send that straight back out to you. And people go, oh, money from the tax office. Fantastic. I'll take that. Thanks very much. But once you do that, we've talked about identity theft and your date of birth doesn't change. So if you get your identity Mm. stolen, you've got a long road ahead of you to try and make sure your life is free of that. Your tax file number isn't very different. The tax office does not like to issue new tax file numbers. So if you get smished and your tax file number and your details fall in the hands of someone else and you start getting your tax return sent to someone else, it's a long road ahead. And the tax office says, we've paid that to you, Mr. Eddie. We don't need to pay that to you again. But I didn't get it. We yeah. don't really care, Mr. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the next one to be on the lookout for, those SMS messages. And people, or the scammers, are relying on the fact that you've got a phone now that you can click on that link with the SMS message to go straight to a website and, and put all your details in. it's just so easy in. to do. It is. You
0: read the text message. You simply just hit that screen, just yeah, absent mindedly. Correct. You know, Correct. And, you, know you, you can do it so thoughtlessly. Um, and... And then realise when you think later that you could be in a whole lot of deep water.
1: Yeah, that's right. And if you go back 10 years ago, the idea of sending out some sort of message via text was irrelevant because you had a little flip phone or a little mm. basic phone where you, there wasn't a link that you could click on and go straight to a website. So it was a bit irrelevant. But now, because so many people are using smartphones, you've got that ability to click straight on it. There you are. There's a website that looks very much like mm. the real website and you put your details in and... Boom. Yeah, that's right.
0: The rest is history. And apparently it's not very easy to uh, change your birth date, but also your tax file number.
1: Yeah, that's the Ah. the message there. Once the tax file number's in someone else's hands with all your details, yeah, good luck.
0: Yeah, goodness me. Sage advice there too. Um, Pay attention, folks. Now, is your wallet too heavy? No one carries cash these days, so it's probably not the cash that's weighing you down. Probably you have too many cards, I would say. Well, if you're still one of those plastic driver's licence carrier types then you're rapidly slipping into the minority i understand Matt.
1: you have just slipped into the minority yeah 47% of people now still have their That's good old me. fashioned physical you are oh, no James. Oh, <laughs> don't well, admit it's too to heavy
0: <laughs> got to start lightening it up now but yeah this is great news yeah. it is
1: great news so we we've done quite well in new south wales in particular this is so at the end of 2019 digital licenses went live and i would probably suggest that 2020 and covid helped us be more familiar more comfortable with putting things on our phone The Service New South Wales app in particular we were using to scan into hospitality venues. So once you're using that app, you went, well, I might as well put my driver's licence on there as well. So people are doing that. 53% of people have done that in New South Wales. And it's it's actually quite interesting, the, the number one location suburbs that are doing it. In, in Sydney, Blacktown tops the list. You've got almost 20,000 people there who've got digital driver's licences. Kellyville, Castle Hill in Sydney are, are next. But Dubbo is the number one regional area for having digital driver's licences. So we, we were on a trial before it went live. So maybe people in Dubbo became used to it during that trial period, and then they've adopted it. Or maybe... It's because you and I are in Dubbo, James, that so many people are very keen to adopt that technology.
0: Well, I'm obviously dragging the chain there. Um, I guess it's not too easy to swap over. You? you just go into the services New South Wales app, do you? That's
1: it. You just go in and put your details Get in from your driver's licence and, and away you go. So it's quite good. And, and I do remember the first time I was using the trial and I got pulled up for a random breath test and I pulled out my phone to show the policeman the driver's licence on the phone because we are part of the trial and our region was in the trial and he wouldn't accept it. And, and I'm not going to argue with someone with a gun on their hip, so <laughs> I still was carrying my physical driver's licence that stage and yeah. pulled it out and he said don't be such a smart aleck next time so, <laughs> <laughs> so i took that lesson and went on but i've since been breath tested now since they've come out with the digital driver's license full rollout and the police are fine That's with 100% it
0: 100 legit yeah there you go all Sounds right you're like
1: breath tested too often doesn't it maybe <laughs> i should stop driving around at three o'clock in the morning weaving across the road
0: more good news on the ev front now matt dare i say it government incentives to get us on board right here in australia And there's no catches. No catches on this one. Not like
1: Victoria. Victoria gave with one hand and took away with the other. The ACT, in a bid to get more people adopting EVs in the ACT, and it's only a small territory, not a state, only a small territory, but they've already gone okay. They've got 1,000 registered EVs in the ACT, but they've now said any new or second-hand EV that you register in the ACT has got free rego for the first two years of ownership. And registration can be not a major component of the cost of your car, but it's a cost of running your car so i think that's a a good start
0: it's a step in the right direction it
1: is a step in the right direction and this is the thing i think with governments around the world it doesn't have to be handing out tens of thousands of dollars of cash to people to go and buy an ev it can be something as simple as saying we won't collect that money from you have a bit of a holiday from that and then we'll get you started once you've gotten into the ev realm and are quite comfortable with that so i think this is a, a good start they're trying to get to the point where they want to have net zero emissions by 2045. Now, it's still a long way away. I'd Mm. I'd hope they'd aim for a bit earlier than that, but at least they're doing something. The ACT, and again, it's only small, but the ACT is already producing all its power with renewables. So they've reached the point where they don't need to keep burning any coal or any gas to produce their power. So that's a good start. EVs or petrol engine cars are their next target to try and work on. I imagine that this is step one and they'll keep working away on subsequent steps. You've got to the 30th of June 2024 to actually get that free rego. But again, I I was actually talking to a friend of mine in Canberra just the other day, and I said, is this going to make a difference? And they went, yeah, look, it it might actually, they've been thinking about an EV, it might actually be enough to push them over the
0: edge. Yeah, wow. Well, watch this space, Uh, and you say 2024 is the cutoff there, so yeah, we might just see um, some real turnaround there in car sales.
1: And I'm assuming, James, that all those people are going, oh, I live near... I might just duck (laughs) over the border, buy my car and duck back. I'm sure they've got some conditions in place to show where your normal registered address is. It has to be in the ACT before you can claim that free rego. Uh, But none of our listeners would be that way inclined, James, I'm sure.
0: I'm sure they aren't. In this next story, I think it's confirmation that consumers will pay for officially anything. Now, I've heard of life coaches, Matt. Uh, I can say that I don't mind placing a bit of a fat question mark on that dubious qualification of being a life coach. But this story is a testament to the fact that if you have a good or a service, whatever it is, if there's a price tag, then someone out there is waiting to throw money at you. The story goes beyond life coaching. This is selling yourself to have your decisions made by someone else.
1: It would be the ultimate thing for a procrastinator, wouldn't it? Someone that really struggles with decision making. You just absolve any
0: responsibility (laughs) for your own life.
1: (laughs) So they they gave some examples where someone said gee I don't know if I want to have Indian tonight or Thai what will I do so they put it on this app called new new they put it out there and they say to their followers what should I have should I have Indian or Thai now people do that all the time, big deal. They have yeah, yeah. voting on social media, but for this one, you've got to pay five dollars to vote. So if you want to control my life, so people
0: will pay for anything. They will pay a- for
1: anything, and <laughs> and for five dollars per vote, then you get to see which is the most popular vote, and you take account of that. You collect the money from that, and then you go and buy your Indian or your tie. I don't know if there's any obligation you've got to do what people say you've got to yeah, do. Right. But there's there's things where they're coming up with creative ways to use it. So for example, if you were an author and you're you're just starting a new fiction novel and you don't know what the lead character's name's going to be. You can put it out there and say, I'm open to bids. Who wants to be the lead character in my novel? Use their name and you bid and whoever gets the highest bid, that's the one that is used. So you go and bid, you pay tens of thousands of dollars and James Eddie is the, the lead character in this latest novel that's being put out. So it's that sort of thing. Any way people can come up with some way to steal a few dollars, not steal a I guess it's, it's enterprising, long. yeah. Enterprise. But <laughs> yeah. Con some people out of some dollars, but people aren't forced to do it. No one's gun yeah, at their head. Right. They're paying. People are paying money to control someone else's lives. I'm not sure if they're, they're in, a, in a wickedly terrible situation themselves where they feel like their own life's out of control so they'll at least control something else. But if you want to have someone control your life and you're paid to do it, there is now an app. Thank goodness, James, there is now an app to allow <laughs> us to do that.
0: Well, I can tell you maybe Friday night uh, for the takeaways, as you said, um, maybe that will solve the, the debate between my wife and I as to what we're going to have and when... Either us absolve ourselves of the responsibility, you know, maybe we can just send it onto that app. And, That's right, and, and we can eat on Friday night.
1: And the bonus is that they'll pay for the meal, and then some. I think if you've got enough <laughs> followers voting on things, I haven't actually tried it yet. I, I was almost tempted to try it before I did this story, just to see if people would pay. I mean, I was almost going to put up a couple of story ideas and say, yeah, we well, yeah, James right. and I are going to talk about this or this on our weekly podcast. Uh, what do you want us to talk about?" But I just, I always felt guilty about taking money off people to, to yeah. tell them what to
0: do. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a moral um, aspect to this as well isn't
1: it to me there is a little bit maybe some people (laughs) there isn't
0: but to me there is a little bit oh well you know you put a price tag on it someone will pay the money
1: yeah look I have enough people telling me what to do James anyway so so (laughs) if I could get all those people that tell me what to do to pay me for it I reckon that would be pretty good
0: well that's it for another week folks thanks very much for tuning in thanks Matt for enlightening us one more time absolutely uh, fantastic stories once again I've been your host James Eddy and it's been a pleasure talking with you once again have a great week folks